Hi, I'm Sanya and welcome to Mavs on Air, a podcast by the Mavericks, a reputation management firm based out of India. Here, I discuss, share and ponder over some of the big questions in the world of Indian marketing. Every episode, I along with a special guest delve deeper into topics to learn something new. Archit is a full-time marketing professional working as a reputation architect here at the Mavericks. He's also a self-taught cook and a part-time food content creator. Now, on to the episode. Hi Archit, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me, Sanya. Thanks for being here. Welcome to Mavs on Air. I am thrilled to be recording this with you. We've uh, been working together for about 3 years now and we've known each other for even longer. So having you on is an absolute delight. Uh so let's get right into it. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, so Archit, why don't we start off with you telling us about what you do at the Mavericks and about Lost as well? Sure. So at the Mavericks, I am a reputation architect, which means that I oversee uh, digital strategies and integrated communication strategies for a variety of our clients. So um, typically, how you know we function as a business is that we have a variety of different services that we offer uh, to our uh, clients, while the majority of our clients are. very very focused on traditional media my role has been to kind of way, uh, build ways to create more integrated communication strategies across the board with them lost is uh, is just like an experiment i guess in creating more uh, creating content that i found of immense value to me um it was one of those things that i started right before, right after i came back from college and uh, the reason for it was largely to just learn a lot more about content um and uh, more importantly is to just build uh, like a passion and a side hustle and that's what lost is today it's just a multi platform content dissemination uh, channels uh, focused on food content specifically that's great i think um i i feel um you know i'm pleased to say that i was uh you know i was able to sort of uh witness the lost journey uh very closely especially when you started off but um you studied something completely different at university so uh you know i i remember you did biology and um another thing that i might be forgetting <laughs> but um what made you then choose this field and um i think i'll get to my next question after that but i think uh you know we work together all the time so i've always wanted to know uh does it help that your line of work is somewhat similar yeah so i i think that that's a really interesting question but uh, you know i in college i studied biology and communication so there's like half of it is kind of relevant and the other half is quite irrelevant from a day to day work perspective but i think um what the original goal with my career really was that i wanted to focus in uh, onto something that was related to public health and then eventually it kind of transformed into public health communication and um, in some way i think i'm doing some of that especially clients like michael and susan dell foundation but uh, i i don't think that that's typically what 
has really been of effect from a, from a learning's perspective i think the soft skills that i was able to generate and develop through biology were really interesting like understanding how to do succinct research and what is primary and tertiary literature and um you know also just like thinking through filters and challenges i think some of those things are things that i've learned through my education but i i think because i studied at a liberal arts college i think the one thing that i really learned was how to learn and that's something that's really important to me um but yeah so so i think that's that's the long and short of it in in many ways and it's similar to you sanya i mean you studied economics and now you do comms yeah i think that's what's interesting right that um and lots of people even shy away from doing a variety of internships while of course one should do something that's close to what they eventually want to do when you're sort of experimenting one shouldn't belittle the the soft skills that you gain along the way so i think even with my econ courses um i while i actually did a specialization i did a masters i think one of the key things that i learned uh, was to sort of just my project management skills i think because everything i did was so intense uh it really honed my project management skills which really comes handy now to me uh in my day to day job and everything that i do so uh yeah completely agree with you there and i think the second part of my question is something that i've probably asked you a couple of times but i'd love to ask that again is how do you juggle the two i've seen your very extensive google calendar but i'm sure there's a lot more that goes into it uh yeah i mean i think the google calendar is more of like a means to the end but like um the the google calendar really helps in just building a, a more like you know specific rundown of my day and 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 just working through it i i think um honestly like the way that i juggle both is that i i do try and delineate what is working hours and what are non working hours um that's one thing for sure um i think the other way to kind of mm. uh, that, that i've actually been able to do this is um you know finding time i think we are in a very unique space where you can say that you have no time but if you just try to build mm-hmm. some time for yourself and and have a goal with what you want to do with that time there is so much availability of it so i think that's really the um, mm-hmm. the way that i've kind of looked at it i i don't think of um my content creation as a chore but i think of it as the way to mm-hmm. somewhat decompress not that I, i'm not going to lie it's not every day that it's a decompression but some days it really is and uh, yeah. yeah it's just like a hobby right like people have so many other hobbies that's how i've like positioned it in my head nice so achit the episode of today is uh, titled the the dichotomy of content creation and strategy you as a content creator and strategist i think uh you know you sort of hit that sweet spot and uh but i'm sure there are a lot of commonalities as well in terms of what you're doing and what we do together uh, in our day job so um how do you really strategize uh, i'd love to learn about the process and see if there are similarities to what i do as well yeah i mean there are so many similarities to how you and and we at maverick function and then how content creation also um typically functions so you know uh, i mean at the outset of it i think one of the things that's really important from a content creation perspective is to have clear goals as to what you would want to develop and that's something that um you know i i started blogging at a time when like people weren't called content creators they were called bloggers 
and everyone had a website and a blog um today the words kind of just been used everywhere so you know you'll have young kids or even older people who'd be like i'm a blogger but they never write or have a blog really they just have a digital presence on a social media platform um but from a strategy perspective really what my goal has always been is that you know i want to create more access to uh you know food content especially aspirational food content so the things that we see um internationally and how do i how do you make some of those things in india with the kind of ingredients and things like that that you have um and the goal was always that you know social media platforms are going to be amplification channels for the content and the larger mm. asset will always lie um in in a website because ownership for the website is mine and the data that I collect is mine as compared to any of the other platforms and um that's typically how i've i've structured it and it would also be how we would structure it for a client right like the, that's mm. the way that we would actually suggest for them is like oh if you're making a website or a microsite you should have xyz different kinds of things but i think as we moved along um, and you know content kind of had to develop a lot more uh, mm-hmm. what became really interesting was the fact that there are actually succinct content buckets uh, to yeah. the kind of content that we develop even for uh, life of simple treats um, you know you would have monday we'll do a static for a new recipe that will actually go out on friday um, and then on wednesday of the next week there will be a reel about what we have launched mm-hmm. on friday so you know there is there are themes as well as temporalities to the content development it isn't mm-hmm. as stringent as content bucket approach because we're not as multifaceted at the end of the day i'm still trying to you know push a personal brand um yeah. so there isn't as much of that but um you know it, it is definitely changing and one of the things that i'm now trying to develop is also like how do i uh, move out of just instagram and how do i create content on linkedin and things like that yeah. so with all of those coming in yes now there's a lot more like stringent planning but yes you know on the outset of it we we work with canva we have all the professional tools and we have yeah. a content calendar so very very similar to how uh work functions and that's also honestly why i've been doing it for so long is because by doing this every day i'm doing the core skills required to be a yeah. good digital marketer and therefore a strategist of course yeah no for sure but uh where do you draw the line when uh strategizing for a business uh as as opposed to your own brand i think uh when it comes to brand there are a variety of different stakeholders that are involved in the whole process um so the my goal will be always to not be the champion of the brand because that's honestly not where i sit right i'm at the agency level so um my interaction is really to help you recommend recommend to you and then help develop content but um when it comes to content creation there is only really one single stakeholder to the whole piece or you know a couple of stakeholders whoever who are the ones that we have to uh, develop for which is usually me and the team that works on building the content team i mean like natasha right so like the both of us are the really ones who are like defining what we want to push on the platform so mm-hmm. in many ways it's like an exercise in branding but being a brand custodian and as well you mentioned you know uh, branching out on other platforms and one of the things that we're all talking about at work and of course you on your instagram as well is just how the algorithm is changing and how it's 
uh, it's got its pros and cons but i think instagram is no longer the place it started out as so i think one of the things i'd like to ask you from a creative standpoint how do you remain on top of things uh, specifically on a platform that's constantly changing every day every hour yeah i think it's a great question i think um, there are a couple of things to this right i think one of the things is that uh, when it comes to uh, the changing trends within instagram and of course until now which is where you know instagram launched this whole like we're going to be purely video all the other changes have come with like time um they, there is always like the time that the news is launched but there's a lot of time before that when you've already heard about what is happening from an industry perspective so um reading up a lot more on the industry conversations that are happening um you know um listening to how other creators are functioning being aware of the news in general is kind of important because it does inform you of what is coming in the near future the other thing is that the, the way that content is going to change um typically will also have its own uh, time so like if today we know that short format content will launch as reels um you would have already known about it for the last 6 months and even with platforms now you'll see that once they're launching new pro- products they're also consistently having touch points with creators to help them develop content as well so going to those kind of conferences and events so like i've been part of like the born on instagram program uh hmm. for instagram you know in 2020 when reels had come out and similarly with like linkedin you know like when they've just launched carousel and they've given it to a select number of linkedin creators so i've had access to it a little earlier than someone else may have to like tinker around okay. with it so yeah. so there are there are ways it's just if you get involved in the process then you mm-hmm. get access as well okay no that's interesting i actually didn't know about that but that that's an interesting insight that Uh, yeah something new to learn um i think now that we're on the subject of instagram uh the question i wanted to ask is do you follow trends i i guess that moves beyond instagram as well but do you follow trends would you recommend the same for bigger businesses yes and no <laughs> um i think um i i i don't like to follow trends because yeah. i i think um one of the things that has become a, a an interesting like experiment is for me at least has been that you know i, I want the like my platform to be a space where i get to decide the kind of content that goes out um unless someone's paying me for it then that's a whole different thing but even mm-hmm. then there are restrictions to how content will look and feel um because at the end of the day what people want from a creator is definitely the authentic voice as compared to um a billboard or or just like a a wall to kind of you know reverb the things that are happening everywhere else so i i try to stay away from trends um there are some trends that are funny and you can make them your own so uh, i i have done a lot of those and yes you do have to do some just to be a little bit more discoverable but wow. uh, it, it isn't the way that i structure content and sometimes it's actually frustrating because <laughs> you'll yeah. see all this like you know you make really nice content and you realize that oh should we put music on this now and somehow this music has to do well and it has to feel good and all of these things and now that really works out for us so um yeah i mean that's definitely uh, the thing but uh, to to your question on like businesses i think i think businesses do definitely have to do some amount of friend jacking um yeah. but it also really depends on the kind of business you are and therefore the definition of a trend so if you're a b2b yeah. company uh, you know trend may not be 
consumption of uh, making like dance reels or something like that. Mm. Like imagine like our, our clients doing that. Um, but yeah. it could be that you know talking about the future of work or or crypto and things like that. Things that you wouldn't have ever otherwise talked about, but now you may have mm. to because those are some of the leading conversations in the spheres that you operate in. So yes, I think um, it does help. Um, it isn't yeah. the only way to market. And, you know, you've worked on Zepto. So, you know, what are your thoughts on like trends? Because you, you must be doing a whole lot of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, so I have a couple of thoughts on it. I think with a trend, I think the whole, it just can, it can just mean so many things, right? So a trend could just be a bunch of people doing fun things and it catches on. It could be that yoga pose that is currently, uh, you know, going viral. Uh, so I, I kind of look at it from that side as well, that, hey, during the pandemic, people just wanted to do a bunch of fun things online and it caught on. Uh, having said that, it could also just mean serial virality, right? Serious virality. Uh, brands are obviously chasing that. Uh, but I just feel that chasing a trend without conveying our purpose uh, doesn't add value. So coming back to Zepto, I think there's so many things that one can do with Zepto uh, in terms of trends because we, we uh, represent that fun, playful uh, brand. But having said that, I feel like when well, while I've been working on it, we sort of not picked up every single trend. So one of the examples of that would be uh, the Oscar meme that went viral. Right. At that moment, we thought, why not pick it up? Having said that, it also got its fair share of flack. And uh, while it was something we could have done, we just decided not to do it. So I think it's it's just picking and choosing the right uh, trends to sort of uh, be a part of. That's essentially how we've done it. And just adding on that Zepto thing, uh, it also sort of comes uh, from a platform point of view, right? If you're doing it for like an Instagram, your your uh, tendency to play on a trend is very different as opposed to working on a LinkedIn. So um, I think those are the nuances that come in when you're working on a trend. Um, I don't yeah. know that that's how I'm thinking. Yeah, and also like our definition of trends has changed so much, right? Like now we think of trends as like, you know, trending audio or trending dance move and let's replicate that. But like seasons were a trend as well, right? Like that's a, that's a that's a way to think about trends as well. Like, oh, it's autumn, let's make autumn specific content or, um, you know, it's the financial year. So let's talk about, uh, it's the budget season. So let's talk about all of those things. And those are also typically actually trends as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a definition of enough a trend that's at the end comes into play and that sort of holds the key in terms of how we want to treat it eventually. I feel like I wouldn't be thinking like this three years ago. And three years in into this industry, I'm sort of thinking a lot more differently. So that actually brings me to my next question, Archit. You've now been in this industry for five years. A, how are you feeling about this being a five-year uh, marketing veteran? And uh, what are your three key takeaways from working in digital marketing? You know, like for me, like college was like, end of college was like a milestone. And like, yeah. since then, I've not really had a milestone. So like, finishing five years i i just feel like oh my god like it's been five years since i've graduated college <laughs> like that's still my like frame of reference as compared to anything else um but i, I think uh one like if i was to like drill down on three learnings i think or, or tips or whatever um one is definitely the fact that like marketing is by far one of the most diverse fields um for 
anyone. It is honestly for anyone. It just requires, um, you know, a certain set of skills, especially digital marketing. And it's a matter of actually figuring out what are the one or two skills that you can champion. And if you're able to do that, um, the level of entry is so low uh, and it's not a bad thing because at the end of the day, we're, we're literally just communicating to people and others and, and, and people who are just like us or adjacent to us in terms of their characteristics and who better than us to talk to us. Uh, it's the worst way to say it, but sure, I'll say it. So, you know, so I think that's um, definitely one of the learnings. The The second is that there is, um, with digital, with the amount of tech that has come into marketing, um, there is always going to be scope to learn. So don't get bottlenecked by what you're doing today as the only like opportunity to learn. There is just so much, so many things that are available from a consumption, from a learning perspective. That's definitely one of those things that is really, really fascinating about the space. The scope of what a marketer does today is a whole lot. Like, you know, five Mm. years down, uh, five years ago, the role of a product marketing manager was not really a role. Today, that's one of the highest uh, paid marketing roles, but also mm-hmm. one of the highest recruited for roles in, in the B2B SaaS space in many ways. Um, and similarly, like MarTech, you know, MarTech is such a interesting space of like just delivery of content, which was never available before. So there is going to always be a lot of evolution in this space as compared to like, you know, if you become an accountant, like, yes, your QuickBooks can become clear tax, but really you're still doing the same things for the most mm. part. So um, so definitely there's a lot of that. And then the third thing is that the way to kind of navigate marketing is to have larger goals, right? So whether that is, where do I want to work, for example? Who do I want to work for? Um, or the kind of content or, or things that I want to create. Um, I think the opportunity is that you can always jump from one to the other, to the other, to the other, but having some sort of a roadmap that this is how I want to navigate my life um, will really help because otherwise it's very easy to like something and then just keep on doing it for for a very, very long time. And you can do that as a content creator. You probably can't do that as a marketer because your skills kind of depreciate with every yeah. year that goes by for sure no this was this was really insightful and also something something for us to sort of take away from here and learn as marketers ourselves um so i always close the episode with a a mini rapid fire sort of thing and uh, i just want to ask you three very quick questions uh starting off what are your three goals uh for this year or what's left of this year my first goal is to actually um, start the process of potentially writing a cookbook. Um, that's one of the goals. Um, the second is uh, to uh, further uh, develop and invest in the ways that we kind of function today at the Maverick. So, you know, really working on how to be a lot more integrated than we are and then how do we do that. Um, and the third is to learn a lot more uh, from the MarTech perspective. I, I have a very little knowledge on that and I'm pretty scared uh, that someone's going to make me redundant. <laughs> okay, next one. Um, a piece of advice you'd give your younger self? Um, just keep swimming. Uh, the definite quote from Dory the fish from Finding Nemo. Yeah. 
um, yeah. it's something that has really been the the ethos of like my entire journey is just like you know don't ever feel like you're stagnant just keep on moving forward um, and find ways to value the day that you've spent uh, because that's the only way to kind of move ahead oh that sounds nice i think just keep swimming and we'll end up finding ourselves as well right along the way yes and lastly um the best part about being a maverick the best part about being a maverick is um the level of independence at least for me i think one of the things is i really loved is just the independence to like lead and build something um i think that's something that is very unique to us and uh, mm-hmm. something at least that was very unique to me um so really really grateful for that experience so thank you archit with this um, we wrap up the episode and i just wanted to say i'm just really glad you were a part of episode 3 and uh, while we stumbled and had a bunch of obstacles to get this recording done i'm just glad we did it so um yeah i'm looking forward to all our mavericks and hopefully uh, our growing audiences to be able to hear this thank you so much sanya mavs on air is an original podcast by the mavericks which is produced and edited by natasha rathi kapoor hosted by sanya malhotra music by shikhar katyal artwork by shreya chaturvedi